0: Oh, what a lovely tea party. I want to thank everybody who came to the uh, training class we had this past weekend. You guys heard the day do, uh, debrief from Saturday night. We had a bunch of the guys out there at the Hampton Inn, but um, got some tough conditions when you look at the wind and everything that we were talking about. Friday was just completely psycho insane weather. Um, we, we had the tent slash classroom out there and it turned into a giant sandstorm inside the tent because the bottom was kicking up meanwhile outside it was like these rolling storms came through we had this like two hour window of opportunity that happened around you know two three o'clock on friday we got some good shooting in some fundamental evals and stuff like that then uh saturday the winds were more of the 18 mile an hour the morning was really good and then it kicked up in the afternoon and then sunday was just a great day all around I want to thank all the shooters who came to the first Mile High training group class we had here in Fort Morgan. Uh, I want to especially thank um, Mike from Mile High, uh, Mike from Everyday Sniper, who's over there at Mile High, for being my uh, insistent instructor. Mike handled himself outstanding. First time we ever worked together, him and I, in that capacity. I mean, usually we do these little things here and there, but nothing to this degree, and he was just fantastic all around. Uh, thanks to Diane and Randy for uh, putting them out on, on the range with me. I know that takes away from his sales up on the counter, but uh, I think he does a better job at times uh, being on the range with me than, you know, the counter. We can always do that. Somebody else will do the counter. Come on, guys. No, just kidding. But uh, thank you to uh, Randy and Diane for letting me be part of the Mile High Training Group. Thank you to uh, the guys who came out. Ooh, guys, we just had a blast. I mean... From the first day, we were we were quoting Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back like every two seconds. I won't go into much of it, but there, there's there's a lot of um, gay centric jokes, shall we say, that we were doing out there, and it, it was it was pretty darn funny. Uh, Chris, who got up, he shot his group, and when he was done, he stood up, and it was oh what a lovely tea party. Um, but the the class just. The win lessons alone, I mean, these are short classes. Three days is not a lot of time, especially when almost the whole first day is 100 yards, classroom, things like that. But then when we did that win lesson, man, the uh, and, and Mike brought so much to the table talking about uh, with the Kestrel, the wind zone one, wind zone two, and using the brackets the way we did. When we demonstrated this and we showed people with the xylophone target and then the confirmation target... You can see the light bulb going off in people and just how they were able to bracket and manage the wind this way. And we really are getting a lot of positive responses to what we're talking about in terms of wind. I mean, just, you know, talking about having a plan. So many people go out there with sort of this idea of how they're going to manage the wind or how they're going to do it, and then that plan falls apart and they never stick to it. We even had some guys who talked about that during the class. That the uh you know the plan just falls apart, but when you have that high low win bracket plan, it makes it so easy to put it right in the middle, and and reference the target size and things. And I've spoken about that using the target size reference, and it, it just worked out really well. I, I I'm hoping somebody will write some stuff about it. it. Also, I'm gonna put some things up. We had the The Tactaholic guys there, Uh, they have a YouTube channel. Um, uh, Steve and Dylan came out and they filmed everything. They took some really kick-ass images. So I have all this data, three days of film from uh, Dylan and Steve, the Tactaholics, and then the images and stuff that's on SmugMug and stuff that they do. There's links to it in the Everyday Sniper section. You guys can actually go in and take a look at what we did. So go down to the forum at Sniper's High, go into the Everyday Sniper podcast section, which is about midway on the on the forum when you look at all the, the different sections. And there's a link to what the pictures these guys took. So you'll have an idea of what was going on and what's going on. But then I'm going to up, edit up a lot of this video. We'll get them to do it and we'll start putting out some of these videos. And you'll be able to see what a class looks like. Granted, it's just going to be small segments of it. When you're talking, you know, a, an hour-long lesson, you might see three minutes of it. But it'll give you a good idea of what you would accomplish in a, a, a Frank Sniper's Hide Mile High Training Detachment class. It really, I mean, just listening to the guys in the podcast, it, there was there was some immediate results. And you, you just saw it. I mean, by... By the third, fourth set of groups, you're seeing monster improvement with these guys because we're hovering on them. We're correcting them. We're making them go through the process. I mean, some of this thing, you know, one of the big ones that that I promote is given that time and opportunity, dry fire. You know, so simple and just kind of snap in. And you'd see guys who kind of jumped in and shot some groups to check zero. When they didn't dry fire, the group was, you know, five-eighths to three-quarter. When they did dry fire, it was three-eighths or better. And, and that kind of matters. It gets you into the zone of what you have to do. And with a center fire rifle, dry fire isn't going to hurt anything. It, it's worth your time. Now, here's the thing with dry fire. Don't just lift the bolt, close the bolt, and press the trigger. You have to act like it's a real round, like it's a live shot. You have to go through this in such a way that um, you know, you're you're not hurting yourself with a fake practice. you, you, you know, we're not trying to fool our wives here and, and go over there, oh look, honey, I'm busy, Um, mom,, I'm, I'm, I'm checking my gun. You, you got to actually do it, man. You, you have to commit to this stuff. And how much of this gets in your head when they're at a class and they can see it and and there's either me hovering over them or something under time, or just these different things when when you take your head out of a precision rifle game, it's done. And there's so much in sports that work that way. So it's really important to make sure your mental game is as sharp as your, you know, physical game. And there's a lot that goes into that mental game. Some of the stuff we were talking about was hydration, uh, nutrition, and, and you know, just your physical conditioning in general. And, and that will matter with this stuff. And we, and we talk on it and press on it. The other thing, I'm not stressing these guys out round count wise. The round count's not huge during one of my classes. But they're quality rounds. I mean, we took everybody out to 1440. Everybody got hits at 1440. When I went out there, that was one of the more shot up targets than anything was the 1440 targets. And the guys with 308 were hitting it. The guys with the 6.5s were hitting it. In these hard winds, and you know it was great in a way. It sucks, and from an instructor standpoint, I'm cringing because we got this. The, the when the fronts all came through, because we were dodging a lot of weather out here, and in fact, I mean it snowed last night like crazy. What we thought we were gonna get this snow on Friday and Saturday, and ended up moving around, and it came um, out last night, and we ended up getting uh got almost uh, four or five inches of snow. But with these fronts moving around, like that rippling fronts that came through Friday, the winds that were Saturday and Sunday, and then snow on Monday, we had a tailwind, and a hard tailwind, you know, 14, 18 miles an hour. Well, tailwinds and headwinds aren't. What they do is they go slightly left and slightly right. You know, you get like, not six o'clock, six o'clock, six o'clock, it's, 6.30, 6 o'clock, 5 30, 6 o'clock, 6 30, 6 o'clock, 5.30. And you have to be on top of your game to keep up with those conditions. And we were showing the students how to read the mirage and where to find better mirage for them to read down at the target with their final focus. And we talk about that in class, you know, your different wind segments, wind at the shooter, wind mid-range, and wind at the target and how to use wind at the target as a fine tuned adjustment for something like this head-and-tail wind issue we had because, I mean, literally, we'd be telling a guy, okay, 0.5 right, 0.5 right, point five No, 0.5 left, 0.5 left. You know, it's, it's that quick. I mean, your honeymoon period, guys, on some of this stuff is 3 to 5 seconds, and that's almost with anything. If you're not following up Or if you're not correcting within that three to five seconds with another round in the air, you might as well start over. Because it could be, you know, just slightly left, slightly left, slightly left. And you shoot that shot and you realize, okay, I need .7 left, .7 left. If you're not following up fast, it's now. 0.4 Point 0.4 right, point 0.4 right, point 0.5 right, point 0.7 right. You know, it's constantly moving. Wind ebbs and flows like the waves on the ocean. And unfortunately, it's not always as consistently spaced as the ocean. You you may have a, a short period of time between ebbs and flows. You may have a long period of time between ebbs and flows. And this was like a great experience for these guys in the wind. I actually lowered the round count a bit because the wind was so bad. I did not want the guys just throwing rounds at the wind. I, I you know, I wanted the quality and by by backing them down and not letting them just dump rounds, you you saw the quality and 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 it played out. Like I said, we doped everybody out. We got everybody their hits. We shot beyond a thousand in all these conditions, and it worked out well. The the xylophone target that these guys talked about what a great training tool it, it it worked fantastic and then having the narrow confirmation target like we did in you know this kind of practice it, it, it's what you're paying for it's why you're coming to class so thanks to the guys who did show up thanks to the guys who will be coming in May I don't know how many slots are left in August but not a lot of them. And we are talking about an ELR training event in September. And then the next precision class for that is going to be in October. Uh, This year, just the way my training schedule was, I booked every other week. And, And so... You know, unfortunately, uh, it, we just don't have that many classes because like all of June and July, I'm going to be gone. I'll be teaching up in, in uh, Alaska and stuff like that. I've got a lot of requests, and I'm going to get to you guys who have been emailing me from overseas and want to talk to me about that. Yeah, we'll schedule something with you. I'm putting together a little bit easier package for you guys to deal with because it's like, oh, what do you have? How many people? What are we talking? So I'm, I'm kind of going to come up with something simple and and flat that i could just say here you go fill this up with this many people it'll cost this much and and make it as easy as possible and i'm not going to do this thing well you know to get me overseas it's going to be eighty thousand dollars no that's not how it works I, I know there's a guy out there doing that i ain't that guy um so that's not going to happen We'll make it worth your while. We'll make it realistic because, you know, not all of us are multimillionaires out there playing this game or we don't have a, you know, uncle sugar to pay the bills. So we'll make sure that it, it, it's, it's a reasonable amount for, for what we're doing. And and I will address that. I, I catching up with my emails, you know, you come back to 400 emails and, and I have to catch up. So apologies there, but Thank you too for listening to the Everyday Sniper. I'm God. I'm getting so many, you know, corners of the world. I'm getting people referencing this podcast, and and it floors me. I mean that this was Mike's brainchild, Mike's idea. I didn't really see it. Mike did, and it's resonating with you guys. Thank you. Thank you for the emails. Uh, we had oh, God in the last weekend here. Five or six guys have emailed me thanking me. No, thank you for listening. Um, and, and I'm glad I'm helping you with your buying decisions. I'm glad I'm helping you understand some of these you know con- concepts a little bit better. Uh, you know, we talk about in the class that precision rifle sh- shooting in general. I'm not just precision rifle, but precision rifle is is affected by it more because it's 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 a math heavy sport. It's a thinking man sport. The bullet doesn't go where I point my finger. Uh, you know, that's what we talked about in that other episode. But the game of telephone is just so prevalent where, you know, somebody said something in 1960 and, and that conversation is still going on today. Meanwhile, none of that is applicable to what we're doing today, but we're still talking about it. You know, we're still trying to apply that concept from our great-grandfather to to this thing. And and one of them, I want to go into this too. And I'm going to talk about this. This is the old wives tale in the game of telephone. One version of it. You're zero. Hunting versus tactical competition, whatever. Well, what about a 200 yard? I'm seeing it all over the place still today. I saw it. What about a 200 yard zero? What about your zero when you're hunting? Point blank range zeros. Guys, if you zero your hunting rifle at 100 yards like we advocate and you go hunt, dial 200 yards on the rifle and sit in your stand. You, you know, no wind or less wind involved. Um, funny, we had a verified three tenths of a mil offset in the wind this weekend. Like all the guys who zeroed on our range over at the training class their zeros not valid anymore because it's a it's a god dang um uh you know 15 mile an hour plus 20 mile an hour plus wind and we're talking an offset of you know three tenths at 100 yards and we saw that too like at the last group verified three three tenths of a, of a mil. so that's three quarters of an inch wind drift at 100 yards we have. Imagine if you're trying to do that at 200 yards with a zero with your hunting rifle. Zero at 100, dial up. If you're not going to range the animal, if you're not going to range and you just want to do your holdover and your point blank, dial it. Then go back and use your 100 yard zero or dial up when you're training and practicing and shooting in other contexts. But you could dial it. If you go to a field... And you're expecting the deer to come out somewhere near the wood line or something like that, and the field is 300 yards away. You can dial your 300 yard dope and leave it there. Show up to your hide site, show up to your stand, look at where you think that the you know the odds are something's going to appear, whether it's something baited for cogs or whatever, or or just the way you know your terrain is. Dial it. Range it and dial it. You you don't have to do the old school, let's hold over here, let's balance this. You can dial for that stuff. I mean, it, I know some of you probably aren't invested in laser range finders and stuff, or you may say you don't have that time and opportunity to dial. But if you tap the laser on an animal and you learn this stuff, your mill adjustment and your reticle should match. If you need 0.3 or 0.5 dope, you can hold and you know what that is rather than just saying, I'm going to hold over the animal's back or I'm going to hold this or hold that. You, you you can use the reticle because you don't have the time or opportunity. I'm willing to bet you do have the time and opportunity. You know, if you think about it, like a, a, a competition guy, their stages are 90 seconds long. They may have 10 targets and may have to move among two, three, four obstacles, you know, changing their position. They can have five positions and two shots from each position that they have to move across, say, 25 yards. They're doing that in 90 seconds and cleaning them and getting all hits. I really think if you see an animal, you can range it and dial it and get them and not have to worry about him disappearing or missing that shot if you're static or whatever. And and it's funny just listening to the guys talk about – things they've read on snipers hide or heard me say that they put into practice uh Jeremy talking about using the tripod in the hunting up in um Wisconsin area you know and, and just sitting back and having the rifle on the tripod ready to go you know you, you know uh Chris was saying some stuff that he was putting into practice it worked oh with the flat lines he had the Warner tools he had his 308 he brought to the class then he took the Warner tools out to distance. He increased the range of his Elvis of 308. You know, he made it a, a 65. Casey is spotting for Chris and he's seeing that his 308 is now acting like a 65. It works. You know what I mean? You 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 have to put in some effort. When it comes to precision rifle, it's not the case of go to the gun shop buy a handgun Stick the handgun, you know, in in your holster. Go to a range and pop, 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 pop. and Put it back in the holster. Go home. Clean it. Put it away. Everything's grinding dandy. With a precision rifle, you got to set up the rifle for you. You got to zero the optic. You have to adjust the optic for your positions and things like that. You have to manage dope, trajectory, WTF, wind, the trajectory, the fundamentals of marksmanship. Precision rifle isn't open the box slap a scope on it, press the trigger, and be off and running. You actually have to put in effort if you want to be effective. And that's one of the lessons to take away from what the guys were talking about in the class. Some of the guys like Lex were saying, hey, I went out here. I tried this on my own for 150 or so rounds. I wasn't seeing the results I was looking for I that I believe my rifle was capable of. And now he took a lesson. This guy's slammed him into one hole he's cleaning shots he's going you know six for six with some of this stuff that we did a drill a little competition stuff we did several little competitions and here he never shot past 100 yards with his 300 wind mag guys go six for six with our little mini comp you know good stuff like that and and it takes effort with a precision rifle it's i mean look at the money guys are spending on these things would you would you think you would just drop into it and be able to point your finger and hit the target? Not so much. So, come on by the hide, check out the stuff. If you if you want to get a primer on it, the online training's the primer. The online training's up and running. If you go to sniperside.com to the main page, you can read all about it under the accessing training. It tells you about it. I'm talking to some people today to get some more discount codes and stuff in in and, and to do uh you know to get some more deals for guys who are members of the online training so they can get uh you know some savings when they go out to buy products and speaking of discount codes and things I did post on Sniper's Hide yesterday what I was talking about for my competitions, for my matches that I want to go to a majority, not a everything a majority of discount codes from vendors uh yes there will be x amount of prizes yes we'll reward the top five within the category but giving discount codes and i'm not talking five percent or two percent i mean let's not be absolutist democratic bullshit you know whatever where it's all or nothing oh gee i'm only gonna get five percent what am i gonna do with that Stop being so friggin' selfish, and do you honestly think I'm just gonna go to a vendor and say, hey man, I'm having a match, and I'm not gonna take a prize from you, a physical item, I'm like looking for a discount code, yeah, 2 or 5% is fine, screw everybody, no, we're gonna want 10, 15, 25, 35, 50% off certificates, but for everybody, you know, there'll be limited scope, limited spec for guys, but... If you go to a match and the top five guys get whatever they get, could be money, could be prizes, could be a rifle, could be anything, but then everybody else gets, you know, 50 discount codes with a minimum of 10%, you could put together a whole dang rifle system and save a ton of money. You know, it's it's more and more and more. But this gives back to the vendor. I mean, right now, there's a ton of matches so let's let's just say there 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 there's 75 tactical precision rifle not talking you know monthly local matches we're talking bigger national 275 dollar entry fee matches there's probably pretty close to 75 of them throughout the country right now think of a vendor that you know that is being asked to give fifty thousand dollars to support a series and that's a real number $50,000 a year to support a series where there may only be, you know, 300 people in total going to all of these things. When you look at who goes to more than one match, who's doing this, who's just casual in general, the numbers aren't big. Then you go 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 online to one of the series stats, you can read them, they're not private. Go look at how many people are actually shooting the matches and have active scores. Okay, it's not a big number. Last year, when we were having this discussion and I did the letter, and everybody was flipping the fuck out like they do because Frank's the bad guy. Yeah, blow me. Um, here, you know, one of the guys went to the year before, 2016. Only 178 people were shooting enough matches to attempt to qualify for a finale. Only 178 of them. Yeah, they may have 1,500 registered you know, participants, but they're not all shooting the matches. Some of them are just paying the money just to say, I'm a member of that. Oh, yeah, I'm part of the PRS. I paid my 100 bucks. Well, how many matches have you be shot? Oh, I shot this local one or this little one or that, but they're not shooting these matches. They're not traveling around the country like this because they can't. But if I give you 50 discount codes, or something close to that with 10 15 25% minimums you're going you're going to save a ton of money you know what i mean that's a lot and it's a wider display instead if you're the top you know or the bottom 50 of a match maybe you get a rear bag maybe you get a data book oh you got a $150 sling you know maybe you got a bubble level or a break you know $200 here and there What's better, one data book, one break, one bubble level for two hundred bucks, or fifty discount codes that helps the sponsor of the event still stay in business and make money, and not have to give seventy-five thousand dollar prizes or something, or seventy-five two hundred dollar prizes to something? Instead, he's now. You're now in a buy and sell relationship. You're now mutually supporting each other. That's what it's about, guys. It's about mutually supporting the sponsors of the event. Because let me tell you something, and this pisses me the fuck off. Three quarters of you who don't like Frank because he says the truth of the matter can't even bother to email a thank you to the sponsors, If these guys can't even bother... I mean, if there's 140 shooters, a sponsor's lucky to get 25 thank yous, right? You can't bother to do that. You'll only thank maybe the one prize you took off the prize table. You're not buying anything from the other guy because you're sponsored by a competitor. You don't shoot that. You don't like this. Meanwhile, 50 sponsors gave to an event... You're only going to thank the one you took off the prize for. The rest of them are getting left hanging. There's all this other dynamics that are going on. Where's the return on investment? This is marketing, right? This is branding. This is all this stuff. Where is the return on investment? If you can't be bothered to say thank you, you know you're not going to patronize that guy because that's not something you do. But meanwhile, if I get a discount code from him for 25%, and you are that person who doesn't need it. Don't thank them. Can't can care less about that particular item. He's he's not out. He didn't lose. Right? He can still go to the next event and do it again. And maybe at that next event, there's somebody that can appreciate that. Who can use that. Or you're going to force these guys to all pick and choose. Okay, there's 75 events. I can sponsor maybe 10 of them. Right? So the other 65 are shit out of luck with that sponsor. On top of that, you take your 300 shooters who want to throw a jersey on their chest. They're hitting all these people up with their hand out. Hey, I top 15 the last event I shot. Hey, I've been a top 25 shooter for the last three events I shot. You should give me your product because nobody's going to see him, but he's going to shoot this event anyway. You know, the, the the guys who are hanging around in his squad. Yeah. The 10 or 15 guys in his squad see him. Nobody else sees him because what does he do? He puts all the shit away when he's up with 100 people. So the 25, you know, or not not even that many, the 10 people in his squad see that Johnny's using, yeah, Jersey Johnny, that Jersey Johnny's using product A, but the other, you know, 95 guys who are shooting the match have no clue who Jersey Johnny is or what he's using. Maybe when he walks by, he sees they see a name on his shirt, you know, everybody's now blanking that out. You, you, you know, you, your your Facebook's in, your stuff's are getting shut down and I guarantee that's going to be, once the government starts hammering on that, you know what the backroom deal's going to be? Yeah, we won't be so mean as we think we're going to be if you tell the gun people they can't show pictures of their stuff. That's coming. Uh, you know, we, 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 the YouTube was announced. Before this year, I got my own platform from a European company. I have, can host my own videos. Somebody asked me where they're going to find Sniper's Hide videos. SnipersHide.tv. That's where you're going to find my videos. The site's already up there. I'm going to put some more stuff on it. I've had it for five years. It's been sitting there, snipershide.tv. I'll load all my videos into that. I control them. I control the platform. I say how they get seen and not seen. You know what I'm saying? Facebook's going to do the same thing to you guys. I'm calling it here now as if they haven't already been stomping on these different things. Oh, yeah, somebody will come up full 30, all these other things. They'll start coming, but, but it's not the same. You're not getting, it's diluting it and it's getting thinned out. We've been here since 2000 doing this. You know what I mean? We have a track record. We have 6 million eyes a month on us. We have all this thing where people were known quantity. You could turn around and say, Frank's a dick all day. Yeah, I am at times. And you know what? If, if I am or you think I am, it's probably because I'm, I'm, I'm pointing a mirror back at you. But this is the deal, man. This, this is what we're talking about. You have to be mutually supportive. You have to balance. And when I wrote this, I called it Bias price table bias. It wasn't absolute. A bias is is not some big crazy swing. Look up the definition of bias. All we're trying to do is minimize it, eliminate it, make it fair across the board so the guy, the new guy who shows up with a 700 with not, you know, the greatest gear in the world who's trying to get in maybe can afford some discount codes. To build a better rifle, to add some better parts, to get that next chassis. I mean, you know, you know that kind of stuff. That's all we're talking about. We're not talking absolutes. We're not telling take it away from everybody. We're not saying stop your raffles. We're not saying stop the giveaways. We're not saying we're not going to hand stuff out randomly or, you know, do the, hey, y'all, uh, this guy, like what I did, uh, Sam, I saw him in Mile High the other day. He was at like the 14 or 15 Sniper's Hide Cup. He was the last place shooter who shot every stage. No DQs, no nothing like that. He shot everything but came in last. I gave him a training rifle. I gave him a 22 You know, that kind of stuff. So, it, you know, we can still do that with discount codes. We just want to go heavier to discount codes. And think about it this way. If you show up and I give you a bag with full of discount codes and there's only so many things on the table that get handed out, we're going to announce the top five and then we're going to be able to go. You don't have to wait an hour and a half for people to walk through the prize table. If you need to go home and go to work, you can go home and go to work. You don't have to hang around for two hours after the scores are announced to find out what the heck is going on. It'll get done that much quicker. It's a little less work for the match director because he's just going to hand everybody the same sheet with the same discount codes. All he has to do is when he's coordinating with his sponsors, get the codes, determine the terms and the limits and things like that, and then put the code on a piece of paper. You know, it can be Sniper's Hide Team Challenge. SHTC18 Get you a code. That lasts for 30 days, three months, whatever. We can put it out to the members of Sniper's Hide to try to bring in more and say, these are our sponsors. These are the discount codes. Hey, guys, you can use them too, by the way. And guess what? We just gave more business to our community. You selfish motherfuckers, right? We're giving more business to our community. We're spreading the love. It's not about what I can put in my pocket. It's not about taking it off the prize table because it's the most expensive thing left by the time I get up there and then selling it to fund my next trip. I get it. You like to shoot matches. You want to fund your trips around the world. You're you're overextending yourself on your hobby. Go shoot a local match, dude. You don't have to go to every national one out there. You don't have to shoot... The same thing over and over again because you know you're trying to game the system somehow, and I know you're gaming the system a bit. But go shoot a local one then. If it's about shooting, if it's about that, stand something up locally without the drive, without the hotel, without the airfare, without the two hundred seventy-five dollar thing. You guys are all complaining about that. It's you know oh you're putting twenty-five thousand dollars in the match director's pocket. Hey, match directors, how many of you are banking $25,000 in your pocket? Let me hear it. Silence. None of them. Nobody's banking $25,000 and putting it in their pocket. You may think they are. Tents, port johns times, expenses, food, this, that. I mean, a match director's giving away his labor, all right? All we're trying to do is balance the field to sustain to bring in more people and to give them something back. You know what I mean? It's a passion of mine. You can hear it in my voice. If you want to hate me because of it, go ahead. Oh, what a lovely tea party. So, All I'm going to say about that. Got it, guys. Hey, change of direction. <laughs> so tacticalrifles.net, which changed his name. I got to look it up. He just got sued by a Sniper's Hide member again, and the member won. Remember, tacticalrifles.net sued me, and Mark Suley tried to say that I was doing all these bad things against the guy. Even, you know, his record speaks for himself. I'm not going to rehash that whole deal. But after our lawsuit and, you know, it getting thrown out and, and him making, you know, being seen as the fool that he is. Uh, with all this crap. He he went and rebranded, changed his name, tried to play a game, and, and I did hear he's still trying to slam me saying, I'm here here's here's his his call I'm using my Marine Corps uh, you know, Scout Sniper background, although he just recently told somebody I'm a fake sniper and, and, and I wasn't one. But I'm using it for monetary gain. That I'm I'm doing all this stuff a personal gain based off my record. Yeah, in a way I am but I kind of think I give back that. But anyway, he's burned so many people. And this member on Sniper's Hide was able to pierce the corporate veil and sue David Rooney personally. So as a sort of journalistic breaking news, he lost his lawsuit. He got nailed personally after all the things that he did and said. And then he continues to say about me. I heard about a dude. You told a sniper from the Marine Corps when he bought an M40 clone you were hawking that that I was I was full of shit. I heard about it. Um, you know, th- th- this is the kind of guy that that's in our industry that doesn't need to be in our industry. So, um, it, it, he he got his comeuppance just yesterday. Judge ruled against him. So, uh, just a word of warning out there: be smart to your customers. Be 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 smart to how you're doing business. You 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 can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool everybody. And somebody's gonna be a little smarter than you and and, and, and call you to the carpet. That that dude that dude was called to the quarter deck and dug royally, and uh, he's he's paying the price now. But uh, yeah, that's the guy who sued me. <laughs> and, and that that's the the operator's fuck video. That was my parody on him, and, and that's actually kind of a a parody of a real video out there. Um, you know. Thanks, Eddie. I knew you can show everybody what our rifles can do. That a guy actually had a 500-yard group that he covered with a quarter, with a 308 TacticalRifles.net rifle. He tried to claim that he shot a 500-yard group with his 308 with Privy Partisan Sniper 7.62 ammo, and he covered it with a quarter. And they were all like, "Yay! This guy rocks!" No, that guy was a liar. He had a portable target. Clearly he shot it at a hundred and then ran it down to a uh, 500 and then took a video of it. We're not stupid. We've done this a time or two before, but yeah, so that guy just got nailed again. So if you are ever wondering what happened with that whole snipers, high tactical rifles.net, he's changed his name. He's tried to come out again. I've heard, I, I do know under like the M 40 and he did a form or something now. Cause he was going to out form Frank. Um, he has him. He put some women up front, so some woman answers the phone, and he's hiding behind some, you know, some skirt, uh, and, you know, trying to trying to sell you subpar stuff, in in you know, at a premium. Th- those rifles, those guys were suing about uh, taking two years to build, um, or five grand or more. So yeah, avoid that kind of thing. If you think you want to buy a rifle out there and. You happen to pick up that name, really, really go look at yourself in the mirror before you commit to spending any money. Uh, that, 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 that's what I'm going to say about that. But lawsuits are a bitch, man. You know? Another weird update, and I, I don't know how to how to figure this out. I just got an email today out of the blue. Okay, so we submitted to iTunes in January. Then they strung me along for like ever— And I I, I checked all the boxes, did everything, and they said, I got an email, and that said, you're approved. And then, like, 24 hours later, it said deleted in the podcast thing, the iTunes Connect podcast. Well, today, just like this afternoon, like an hour ago, I got another email from iTunes, And now it says I'm active. It said something about block quotes in my thing. I don't know. I looked. I couldn't find what he was talking about. But when I went to the iTunes cast, it says it was active. I asked to view it on iTunes. Now, here's the thing. My my logo's not showing up. It's just that generic gray podcast icon. But it shows active. But I can't find it when I search. But when I say view it in iTunes, it shows up. I don't know what iTunes is doing, but something is there. I think if you grab the RSS feed, you can feed it into your iTunes account and it'll it'll load all of our lessons into iTunes. So for you guys who've been asking us about iTunes, they, they just, I, I don't know what to make of it. I don't know how, how to decipher it. It shows active. I can say view in iTunes and I can see it, but if I go to iTunes and search it, I can't find it, but... In my iTunes, when I first submitted it, the feed is there and all the lessons show or not lessons, but all the episodes show up. So some of you guys may know better than me. I'm new to the podcast world, but I can't make heads or tails of what iTunes is doing with the podcast. Hopefully, you guys can decipher it. I, I think the Podbean app works out pretty good. Everybody seems to have learned how to deal with the volume, and, and I know the volume's good on my end. Um, you know, it's just the app defaults to halfway, and there's some volume boost and different things you can access within the Podbean um, thing. I mean, we've got super strong numbers. I'm psyched on how many people ha- have downloaded over 70,000 downloads. You know, I don't know where we are with um, the subscribers. We were like at 1,500 or plus somewhere. Let me see if I could probably pull it up. They changed all the dashboards and all this stuff now. Everything's completely different. Podbean changed it and I I know some people kind of freaked out. Um you know, as far as that, where do you find the followers now? God, there's so many um different things. Mike says something about in a search bar, there's a way to find the subscribers. I have no idea where it is. I may have to go on my phone to find the subscribers because I don't see the actual number anymore. Uh, how many subscribers. I can't find it. Something like, we're close to 72,000 downloads, but I'm not too sure. Anyway, there there is a a thing when it comes to uh, iTunes, and they did sort that out, but I don't know what to tell you about it. Alrighty, guys, but that, that solves that problem for the people have been asking. Try grabbing that RSS feed and dropping it in your iTunes. I think it might work. Okay, it's saying something like, we're at, 1430 followers we need to get to 1500 right away what do you guys you share this with your buddies man i need to get to 1500 why am i not at 1500 right now that's freaking me the heck out so i, I i'm asking you guys I, I need i need 75 more followers get me give me 75 more followers please i i'd appreciate it um we're, we're probably we we're talking today too about um it, it, it uh about getting some swag too. We're we're thinking about putting together some everyday uh sniper swag. I'll probably see talk to Mike and Diane and all that if we can run some swag through Mile High, so you could just call them up to order it. But uh we're we're, we're talking about it, and and I know some guys have asked uh, as far as that you know. So uh, we'll we'll definitely look at that. But again, uh, this has been fantastic with, with the response and how many people are referencing this podcast has really surprised me in a lot of ways and I appreciate that. I'm I'm totally humbled by despite the attitude in on some levels, I'm totally humbled by what you guys are doing on the other level. So there there's that. <laughs> I like the Danny McBride references. I kind of look at Mike as more of a Limp Bizkit Fred Durst kind of. He he's kind of like Fred Durst's brother. If you if you put him next to each other even with the hats. You know, the only thing Mike wears more of like darker black hats and Fred's a red hat guy. If I can get Mike a bright red hat and turn it backwards, he would be like a Fred Durst clone more than a Danny McBride. But he definitely has a Danny McBride cadence about himself, which I think is funny as hell. <laughs> so but the guys in the app who, who are mentioning Danny, that, that that's pretty funny. Uh, Mike, Mike is a pretty funny guy that way. And he, he's got that kind of dry thing going on and and you know in a serious way. So that, that that made me laugh you guys uh talking to Annie mcride And hey ma'am, l- listen. I don't want to end on a down it, it's a passion, man. I want to see this stuff succeed. I want to see all you guys succeed. You know, I, go to the matches, go do this stuff. If you but I, I want you to be able to take away a good experience and not show up at some match saying, "Well, I'm, I'm 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 excited about shooting precision rifle." You know, when I go to my first event, and yeah, you probably get smoked a lot. We all did. You know, I mean, none of us walked came out of our first event like rock stars that way, especially the bigger events. But I don't want to see you go to that and then get discouraged because you see some kind of bias at something. All I'm trying to do is throw this out there. Yeah, it, it it's, it's for effect that I throw a little bit of color and flourishes in there. You know, I, it's not personal. I'm not mentioning guys' names. I'm not saying... Yo, Johnny Jersey, you're a cocksucker. I'm not doing that. I'm not mentioning you by names. I'm doing it in a general and and I get it. This is 10%. You know what I mean? This is a 10%, which is why, again, with the word bias, it's small, but it matters. It's a perception thing. And it adds up the more and more and more. I mean, even guys were talking about there was a discussion going on where, you know, one of the first matches of the year with the Border War thing, and I don't know, I didn't look it up. I don't know if it's true or not. They they tossed out the the first uh, match scores because somebody said there was some cheating or some kind of weird shit going on, and you know really quiet they kind of now like I said I didn't confirm it I'm not gonna say it didn't happen or did happen but it it was brought up several times why the people people were inquiring hey why are these scores suddenly missing. And then somebody came back and said there was some funky business going on and they decided to dump the scores rather than do that. Well, if if we police ourselves correctly, if we do all these things the way we should be doing, if we make sure we manage perceptions and things, that won't happen. Nobody will try to get away with that stuff. And that's all we're saying. You got to kind of, and, and I'm not calling people out by name on purpose. There's two sides to every sco- story with certain things. You know, I got a text the other day and I'll say straight up because of this from Jake Vibbert because he read something that I said about the squads, randomizing the squads, and he was in that squad. I knew that. I knew before I wrote the post on Sniper's Hide. I knew all this stuff going into it. I wasn't calling anybody out. I didn't accuse anybody of cheating, but I'm just saying there's a perception out there. People are taking notice and I'm the complaint department and I appreciate that. I appreciate people reach out to me and say, what am I looking at? Because that's what they're saying. They're saying, you know, the people who aren't going to these events and who aren't there, who see something on Facebook or see the scores or see different things, what am I looking at and why is this so unbalanced? And that's what it is. And that's why I called it a bias. It's, it's a light term. You know, if you're not sure what I'm saying, look up the big words and, and get the definition and that'll help you. But, you know, if you're going to try to turn me into the bad guy, I'm going to turn it back around on you. Yeah, you know, people say Frank's an internet bully and all these other little, you know, little kind of digs to minimize the message. Don't let them shoot the messenger because what they're trying to do is silence the message. And if it didn't have merit, they wouldn't care either way. They would just basically say, prove it. You can't prove, but the fact they know I can means diminish the messenger to hopefully diminish the message. Because if they ask for an example, they know I can give them an example. And, and and that's all I'm getting at. It's not a personal thing. I'm trying to make it better. I'm passionate about it. I'm trying to help both sides of it. We are, you know, there, there's a front end and a back end. We need to balance it. We can't have it so front loaded where the, the same 10 or 15 or even 25, the same 25 people are enjoying the, the the trappings of the prize table, and the other 75 people are picking up their scraps. That's all I'm saying is that the more you balance this effect, the more people are going to be happier coming back. And, 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 and if they go to more than one event and they see a front-loaded ba- bias every time, well, then eventually they're not going to show up again you know or they'll go to the smaller venues and all this stuff but that's that's all I'm saying don't take it personal i do throw a lot of f bombs out there. it's funny mike had sent me a, um a marine corps uh first sergeant or somebody i don't know who it was i didn't i didn't see his rank or anything like that but there i guess there was a pre-deployment motivational speech by the generals and the guy saying you know nobody gave him goosebumps and he was out there talking to his marines this guy was dropping F-bombs like it was going out of style, and I'm like, gee, that's wonder where I must get it. And <laughs> but you know, you look up these motivational speeches from the Marine Corps and things like that, and the stuff on YouTube and, and guys who were filming these pre-deployment speeches, <laughs> there there's a lot of color in their language. It's blue, you know? And that's all it's about. Why? Because when, when I do it, people will take notice and listen. If I was just like, gee, you know, we should all be much nicer people to everybody. And we should, we, you know, if we just did this in a way that that helped the little guy, it, it would be really good for membership and participation. And if we did it like this, and, you know, why can't we all just get along? And, and gee, don't draw a picture of a cock on that guy's rifle or penis. Penises are bad on people's rifles. And, and, you know, if I say it like that, nobody gives a shit. Everybody's going to just dismiss it. Throw a couple f bombs out there, people listen. You know, nothing draws a crowd like a crowd. Nothing draws a bigger crowd like a fight. P. T. Barnum, man from Bridgeport, represent. So that's all I'm saying. All right, guys, it, it's not personal, man. It's just passion. That that's all it is. Don't if they're gonna go out and get offended and they and they want to run me down, call me the horrible Hobbit and don't feed the troll and all the other stuff. Eh, I can take it, man. I got bigger shoulders than most of them. So don't sweat the small stuff. All right, guys, we're gonna have a great episode coming up this month. Book some time with Adam from Mile High. We're gonna talk reloading, we're gonna talk gunsmithing. I'm gonna sit down with him this week. At the end of the week, that one's coming. I got I got the 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 thing with that. I'm also gonna be at the end of the week talking with Kelly McMillan at taking stock with Kelly McMillan or talking stock, I think it is, taking talking. Um so Friday I'll be on with Kelly McMillan. Uh, Again, Kelly's a rock star, man. I I, I like talking to him, and and so we'll we'll be doing that. But we do have on the books, ready to roll for Thursday, talking with Adam, talking some reloading stuff. Adam comes from the bench rest world, great gunsmith. Uh, He runs the shop down there, mile high and everything, so we're going to get down and dirty. If you do have a question you want me to ask Adam... You can go on the Everyday Sniper podcast section in Sniper's Hide in the forum. You can ask me that question, and we'll relay it to Adam. I'll write it down. I'll bring it over to him. But I think you guys are really going to like that episode. Thanks to Mike for helping out this week at, uh, during the, the the training. Flawless, man. Uh, we, we went through some, some tough conditions weather-wise. Everybody came out on the other end a better shooter with a smile on their face. Uh, hitting targets out to distance in in some tough ass conditions, and we weren't chasing it, man. Uh, it wasn't like you know, twenty five rounds later they got a hit. Uh, I think God, what was I was saying? Chris, with his, when he switched over ammo, switching midstream, never having any data on his rifle with the Warner Tools, fourth round hit at fourteen forty with a three hundred eight. You know, if you can't do it in five, we're not playing. We're not counting it, right? He did it in four, and then we doped him out, and then he's able to repeat after that. But this was going from zero information and just jumping into it with a big number. We didn't even because he didn't have that many bullets. We didn't dope him out and then try to run numbers and do all that. We basically just you know threw it out there and doped him that way. Um, and and got him his information at distance, which then he can work back into his software because he has a longer range to work with. Uh, a lot of times, like if you look at the Kestrel, the uh, the 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 truing feature wants, especially nowadays, uh, with with you know conditions and things. A lot of times, it wants twelve to fourteen hundred yards for that 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 drop to dope because they want you to drop at uh, thirteen hundred feet per second, um, right on the edge of transonic. And so that's where we went with them, and it was a success. But thanks to all the shooters. Thanks to Mile High for, for allowing me to be part of what they're doing. Thanks to Mike at Mile High and Mike of the Everyday Sniper for all the work he put in this weekend. He's, he's definitely a rock star with that. And thank all of you for listening to me and putting up with my mini micro rants. All right, guys, have a great one. And you've been listening to the Everyday Sniper. If you gotta give Mike a ring, he's at three oh three two five five nine 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 nine. Working the counters at mile high. Give him a call, say hi to him, and you know, we'll get him back on here come Thursday. Thanks a lot, guys. Enjoy.